You've played the missions, but do you really know the lore? We are here to be your guides. Your guardians. This is Guardians of Lore. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, Guardians. Welcome to Guardians of Lore. This is episode 159, recorded December 7th, 2022. The topic for this episode is Season of Plunder in Review, ooh-woo, and Season of the Seraph First Thoughts. I actually wrote ooh-woo. I just don't know why I said it. I just read whatever I write. I'm so sorry. I'm your host for this episode. My name is Orchid. Hi. My God. I am Elemist. <laughs> this is better than the first time I did it. <laughs> Trust me. Yeah. Oh my god, it's been like a whole whole bitch ass month since we've done this. I'm figuring this out all over again. Um, we encourage feedback, just not right now. Um, it can be sent to us on Twitter at guardians underscore lore. You can tweet at me at Orkin. You can also tweet at Elemist at I underscore am underscore Elemist. Um, you can find us on Instagram at guardians of lore. I'm going to start putting that in here again. Um, you can send us an email at guardians underscore lore at outlook.com. You can leave us a review wherever you can find the podcast. You can find our Discord at discord.gg slash lorehub. Um, if you'd like to support our podcast, you can visit our Ko-Fi, um, which is ko-fi.com slash guardians underscore lore. Every little bit helps. We really do appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you can also find our info on thelorenetwork.com alongside many impressive lore content creators. Not sure how long we're going to be there, considering how, you know, our first attempt at this went. Deadass, we are not there right now. <laughs> so we've been deleted. I'm going to delete myself. Just, you and Rindle can be there. After what I did before we did this one. <laughs> I do not belong there anymore. Anyway, um... This week at Guardians of Lore, the Twoggle, which is going to be this entire episode, um, mostly. We have a little bit of lore, but it's mostly just going to be like talking about the entire season and the new season. So, um, hello, it us. What's up? <laughs> Hi. That's what I wrote that down on our notes. Yeah. <laughs> I really did. Yeah, they did. Um, pirate shit happened uh, for a couple of weeks. That's what I remember. Yeah. Uh, a lot of last season was go do catch crash, which was our ship invading another ship. Which is wild to me, okay? Because, like, I'm... Okay, full disclosure, I am not a pirate person. Like, I like pirate stuff. It got a little bit exhausting after, like, the third Jack Sparrow movie. Yeah. And then we, I was done with pirate stuff. I'm like, we do not need any more pirates. Like, we're pirated out because then everyone's like, oh, hey, this one movie did really well. We should all do pirate movies. And I'm like, no. Like, it's because Johnny Depp is good. It's not because pirates are good. It's because this one guy is good. <laughs> like, stop it. It's, it's, 
it's the same idea as superhero movies. Yes. Marvel did it really well, and then everybody's trying to emulate it. Yeah, it's because Marvel is good at it. It's not because you're good at it. Like, it just because this one person is good at a thing does not mean everyone's good at the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Just because Yuzuru Hanyu is really good at figure skating does not mean that my cat is good at figure skating. <laughs> he wants to be good at figure skating. Toki is not good at figure skating. Don't put Toki God down like that. <laughs> Toki tries to figure skate. Not good at it. He tries, though. He tries. Don't listen to her, Toki. You can do this. Uh, he tries. He can't, though. He's trying. Anyway, we apparently we try to get all of these Nezi bento boxes every single week that each contained, you know, a finger of Nezirak or an elbow of Nezirak or a kneecap of Nezirak. Or... Mine had his penis. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Fucking what? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I was not expecting that. <laughs> Why would you say that? No idea. Why would, why would you say that? No idea. You literally teabagged <laughs> Osiris to get him to wake up. You just dipped Nezrak's balls right in his mouth. Um, excuse me, what's the actual fuck? Elvis, how could you? Oh, fuck. I can't believe you've done this. That was funny. <laughs> Fucking Christ. <sighs> anyway, we got the Nezzy Bento boxes. And then Mithrax goes like, I'm going on a journey to discover what these do. And I'm like, bitch, like, you know what they do. You were there. You had them. You wore it. Like, and you were evil. We all knew you were evil. This is like a big plot point for literal seasons. Right? Yeah. We knew that he was evil, right? And he's like, I'm not proud of what I did. We're like, yeah, we know. Like, it's okay. We forgive you now. You're our best friend. Right. And right? and I, I think that's what was so wild to me last season mm -hmm. was the fact that, like, Ido just found out about her father's past. And <gasps> right. And was like. Right. Where has she been? So so I, I will grant her the fact that she's young. No, she's not. No, she's not 12. Like, what do you consider young? <laughs> 25? <laughs> well, because like, so, so she was. How old is she supposed to be? We don't know. That's the thing. Like. That's the problem. For all we know, she could be 16. Mm. Or, you know, she could be six. What? For for one thing, we don't <laughs> know um, how quickly Elixni mature. This is the issue. I'm going to use, like, the season before last year during Guardian Games when she's telling all the little stories and taking care of all the little babies. Mm -hmm. She was very mature. She told them little stories. She took care of them in their like refugee camp. And she was very mature at taking care of them and making sure they were safe when they were moving. You know, she was like, she stood up and she like made sure that everyone was taken care of as like the scribe. And she kind of like took kind of a den mother kind of approach to people. Yeah. And that shows a lot of maturity 
that people that some age like do not have. And she also studied with the techunes. Like you don't do that when you're 10, you know, like you have to be like of a maturity and of an age to be like sent away to study like that. And, and I do agree with that. But again, it, it boils down to the fact that we don't know how quickly Elixney mature. But did she mature backwards? Like, I'm assuming she went backwards. She claims that she's like the essentially the historian of like their people. Dead ass. How is she the only one that does not know? Well, so because everyone knows. Well, so so on that front, like it could just be the fact that because it was such a shameful part of their history, they didn't talk about it. Really? Because that's all he talks about with us and Saint 14 and like everybody with with us and Saint. But like we are. Yeah, but that's like we are the closest ones out in the open. But like we are like our guardian specifically is the one who actually started pushing him in that direction. And and sure, Ido did as well. But like we were the guardian, the first guardian that he encountered that didn't try and shoot him. Right, but at the same time, like, there are other guardians that know him, like, Anna Bray knows him, and, like, Osiris knows him, and, like, all these other guardians know him, like, o- like Ikora know him. Right. And, like, the the Vanguard knows him, and I'm assuming other guardians know him, too. We can't be the only one. Right. So the fact that all these guardians most likely know that he was evil at one point and now he isn't and trust him in saint knows. And it's so and it, 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 it's hard for me to believe that she doesn't know unless she's just so busy taking care of children. I'm wondering if it's uh, like a scenario of like dad doesn't talk money around the kids because you know, he, he doesn't want them to worry. I'm wondering if it's like, a splinter cell thing. I'm going to talk about splinter cell because it's my favorite. Um, I'm wondering if it's like a Sam Fisher thing, how Sam Fisher doesn't want to talk about, you know, being a third echelon, fourth echelon agent around Sarah Fisher, his daughter, because he doesn't want her to know about it because he doesn't want her to join because he wants to protect her and keep her safe. And then, you know, she gets murdered, but she wasn't actually murdered because like Anna Grimm's daughter, who's his boss, essentially was really his handler, um, tricked him into thinking she that his daughter was dead. It's a whole thing, but it's in the lore. <laughs> uh, what I'm essentially getting at is that like his daughter eventually in this new hyper garbage audiobook that you can listen to on the BBC joins fourth echelon. <laughs> And his dad, her dad finds out, he finds out that she joins and then they have to like do a mission together. And I'm like, what? What? Excuse me? Because that wouldn't happen. That wouldn't happen. And, but he puts his heels in like the entire time because he's like, I don't like this. But he didn't find out because, like, literally no one would tell him it was his daughter that he was evaluating until, like, the very last second. But, like, everyone else knew. It's because everyone was lying to him. So, I'm wondering if it's that. 
that everyone was just lying to her. Could be. Uh, it, it very well could be that. I'm still leaning on the fact that it might just be the fact that, you know, because he's the Kel's daughter and the Kel wished that nobody speak about his past, nobody did. Yeah. True. Also, like, the Kel was evil and um, made of part Nezirak and could just, like, blink you into dust. Like, evil poison dust. Yeah. And also, he then had, like, you know, the Kel shin bone around his neck or the Kel or the, the Nezirak jaw bone or whatever. And then could then blink you into evil dust. So, probably the same thing. I don't know. So, what did you think of the Nezirak revelation? I guess. The, yeah, I guess the Nezirak revelation. Were you disappointed? Did you like it? I mean, we didn't really get much out of it, honestly. They kind of at the end were like, "Oh, hey, by the way, Nezirak, it was this." Right. Like, they just kind of found his desiccated corpse, cut him into jewelry, and then handed him out to people. Right. And then nothing. I thought that that was kind of it, like it was cool to see. Oh. So Nezarek actually was a person. Mm -hmm. Drifter wasn't making stuff up. Right. Like, it, it confirmed some stuff. So I thought that was cool. Yeah. But the fact is, like... I was hoping to get more. Yeah. Like... Nezarek has been talked about for so long. It didn't really go anywhere outside of just, oh, he was a disciple. His body was chopped up into pieces, put into bento boxes, and handed out. Right. It's it's a lot of setup, but then it's like no payoff, it feels. It feels like they ran out of time at the end to tell the story. Like the story, if you had another month, could have been fleshed out more. Yeah. Like they, it just feels like they ran out of time or they meant to put it in another book or it was just meant to be carried on somewhere else. Like it feels incomplete, honestly. Like, like if there was supposed to be, you know, an actual community event that, you know, handed out a lore book or something. Oh, okay. So you want to talk about the community event? <laughs> Let's do that. Um, since we did have a little mini episode that we posted, I found if people didn't listen to it, I did find in my computer when we were cleaning out our focus fire chat group chat um, before we disbanded it. Finally, that since we were talking about Telesto, we had this Telesto audio that we were still holding on to. So we posted it. You can go back and listen to the last mini, 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 mini episode and hear something from Focus Fire Chat if you want to hear it. But um, so the actual community event, Christ, had us rebuilding, was touted as us rebuilding and improving the Elixney Quarter since it's in utter shambles. Um, what do you think of the improvements? We made a pretty garden. <laughs> we gave them corn. Yes. Wow. It's corn. We also gave them a staircase. It like the improve quote improvements unquote. Um, like they were just not impressive. It didn't feel like there was enough change 
to really make it feel special. Um, and honestly, like the community got done with it so quick. And I've got to say, in all honesty, um, it's the biggest piece of dog shit. I mean, the last thing that they were supposed to get, um, they cleaned it up a little bit. They got upgrades at the ether tank. So the bar, the the upgrades at the bar that you saw in the cutscene in the very beginning of the season were the upgrades that they got um, at the end for the improvements that they were taken away after the cutscene and then given back to them <laughs> at the end of the season. Just pointing it out there, putting it out there. Uh, Spider's <laughs> like, no, don't get them back once you uh, bring me some coin. Exactly. Um, they got some comforts. I don't know what that is. Uh, recruits. So they got more people, which they needed more mouths to feed, obviously. They got housing, which you could see in the far off distance because he's like, we got apartments. Trust me, they're far away. And I'm like, bet. <laughs> <laughs> it's like your Canadian girlfriend. I trust you. Oh god, She exists. <laughs> I've seen her. <laughs> um, then they got their garden, which was corn. Um, so it didn't look like they were just, you know, hoeing dirt. Now they have corn and they got a town square, which is some benches. And it looks like they have their like church of light now or something where they can meet and talk about stuff in the cold. That's it. That's what they got. Few things there. Mm-hmm. So first off, like, I'm surprised that it's just flat out corn, not like corn <laughs> apple or something. I'm surprised that they got food and it wasn't just more ether because don't they just eat ether? Yeah. So why do they need corn? Although there there was that one elixir who went and ate ramen. So why do they just eat ether then? I think that was more of like. Is that it just a necessity or not a rule? Well, no. So, like, I, I think with ether, it's more of the sustaining rather than all the nutrients and everything. Um, it, It's the difference between, like, a an MRE pack versus a full course meal. So, is it the difference between eating and then just, like, downing a monster? Yes. So they're just downing monster all the time. Neat. Yeah. Wow, that's not healthy. Guys, eat some corn because that's full of nutrients. <laughs> Fuck, <Hey>. get real food. <laughs> oh. God, we don't treat them very well. Like, I was thinking we were going to get like walls on the place and make it not look like shit, but we can't even take care of our own tower. Like, the fact that they even got right. stairs is amazing. Right. Like, we that, can't even fix our busted-ass, like, wall from when the Almighty, like, crashed into the mountain. Well, like, I thought that actually was fixed. There's still a hole in the... I thought the hole in the wall was still there from the Almighty. I, I thought that was fixed. Did they fix the... I'm I'm, I'm in the fucking game right now. Right. I'm going to go, go to check the it tower out. and look. I'm, I'm going on reconnaissance, guys. Right. Go check it out. But but you do have a point. Like, it's taken five years to fix up the tower. I mean, 
the tower is busted and the fact that like our old tower was so much nicer than our busted ass new tower and it's been five years and you can't even fucking fix it i mean right where did i cora's like giant vex thingy go in one season right it took her an entire season to build a vex gate and then it disappeared in one week not even a week it disappeared in a day Like, y'all can't even fix holes in things, and it's been five years, but her Vex gate disappeared in a day. Oh, you know what it was? What? They made sure that there wasn't anything down at the bottom of that tower, or that part of the tower. And when she was done with the Vex portal, they just undid the clamps and let it fall. (laughs) Um, They sort of fixed it, but there is still a hole in the wall. Okay. Oh, my graphics look really bad because I like made it look really bad. Our, our construction people are are just not not on top of it. Oh, LMS the polygons, <laughs> <laughs> the polygons, LMS. They're just <laughs> real man. Add more triangles. Oh my god, no! I made my game have like really really low graphics so i could run it on quiet while i did this podcast and it just looks so bad it hurts my eyes oh i bet i hate this so much it's not good i'm like is this how normal people play the game i usually have it on like ultra graphics i'm not used to this oh i i do too everything just looks like a blur um it's busted but anyway so yeah, last season there was Catch Crash, which was our ship invading another ship. Uh, there was ex, was it Expedition? I think it was Expedition. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Where it was literally the Savathun's Throne World public event. Hey, there's a boat. Follow the boat. Hmm. Hmm. And then there was a third activity that was go into this this pirate hideout and retrieve the Nezerak piece. I liked those. I will say yes. that it was really nice to see um, the old things like the Mars um, lost sector mm-hmm. like reutilized and kind of like redone in some of the Tangled Shore lost sectors. I agree. Um, I really enjoyed that. And I know a lot of people like, oh my god, I can't believe you're redoing some lost sectors. And I'm like, shut the fuck up, number one. Go away. And also, like, if they already have the resources, just reuse them. What's the big deal? Well, and, and like that's you went backwards, it looks different. Like there are different enemies. It's not the same. Well, and and why and that's that's rule number one with programming. Yeah, exactly. Why create something new if you already have something that could do the same job? Exactly. It's always what you do in programming. Like copy the if you have the ability to like reuse part of the code, you reuse it. Mm -hmm. Like don't like remake the wheel every single time. Keep it simple. That's the rule. Work smarter, not harder. Exactly. Thank you. (laughs) Like it's. Silly. Don't be silly. <laughs> Come on. Now, now the one thing that I 
actually there were two things with last season that I was not too thrilled about. Mm-hmm. So you essentially needed a currency in order to actually get rewarded for doing the expedition. Yeah. And you got that currency by doing Catch Crash. Yes. So you like they created this this gameplay loop of like go do catch crash x number of times and then you can do expedition x number of times and then go back to catch crash and then go back to expedition Mm -hmm. i'm not a fan of these gameplay loops for me it's confusing because i'm an idiot um i need my handheld to figure out these gameplay loops and so the big eye in the corner that tells you what the gameplay loop is, is necessary for me. Because I'm like, I don't know what the loop is. I don't know how to play the game. I've played the game since the beginning and I don't know how to play the game. Right. <laughs> they keep changing it. I don't know how to play the game. Because um, I just want to like sit in Gambit for three hours or like right. sit in Crucible for three hours right. or like sit in the, or do nightfalls. Like I did so many nightfalls over the weekend. Like all I want to do is like master nightfalls and like have you not bother me. I just want to sit with my friends and like grind for ascendant shards. Like that's all I want to do. Well, and, and, and if I and, if I find a nightfall that I want to do like a hard one, but like not have to worry about reses, stick me to master nightfall and like I'm going to turn my phone off. That's what I'm going to do. That's what I want to do. Right. You know, that's that's my like happy place is like grinding nightfalls. I love that shit. Or like have me do like deep stone or I'll go like solo. um Shattered Throne. I've soloed Shattered Throne 23 times. But like, like I'll go do that. <laughs> like, but like that that's that's my thing, is that Yeah. It's wild. And, and like I, I was grinding out Scallywag. Yeah. Um in order like before they actually changed things, you had to do 50 ruffians. Well, right. they, they ended up changing it the week after I finished it. Oh no. Um, and it, it was kind of a you know, punch to the gut, but like, right. I got over it. Mm-hmm. But the problem that I had was that I was doing those expeditions and I, I didn't feel like I was accomplishing anything because I wasn't going to get rewarded at the end because I didn't go do catch crash before. Right. So like, that's the problem is that if I want to sit in a, a activity for any length of time, now there are prerequisites because, oh, I need X currency. Right. And if you're limited on time, you just don't worry about going to get X currency because, oh, I've got 40 minutes. I want to get a few more ruffians taken care of. I was making progress on the title and I had to get myself mentally all right with that and not getting rewarded from the activity. Oh, I see. I see. So like I can see how that would be annoying. That was the the big issue that I was having in in the last half of the the season last, you know. Right. Mhm. Did you manage to finish? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, like I I got Scallywag the week before they they lowered the ruffian number from 50 down to 10. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> that must be so frustrating it's 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 a thing like it's one of those like it is what it is yeah 
Yeah, I'm sorry. Bungie does it all the time. Yeah, they do. But those those were the major things that I I found problems with last season. Right. The red border grind was perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. As opposed to Season of the Haunted, where I'm still hunting red borders. Really? Yeah. Like, I've got the weapons that I want, but, like, at this point, I'm so deep in the grind that I'm I, I'm only missing, like, five or six red borders, and then I have everything. Ooh. Right. So, at this point, like, I'm, I'm just going to keep doing the grind just to get done with it. Right. And this season's grind doesn't seem like it's going to be too bad once we get upgrades. Really? Uh, and the reason for that is because there's a couple upgrades that say you get a deep sight weapon on your first looted clear for the heist battlegrounds. Mm-hmm. And then there's another one where you can purchase it from the exo frame. There's another one where... It, like, there's two or three different ones. So, like, you're going to be able to purchase and, and get, like, two or three red borders a week. I did see that, that they made it easier. And I appreciate that they've taken the lessons learned from other seasons and have applied it to this one. Yeah. Because I think they had enough time to finagle while they were doing, like, in the middle of um, finishing up... Um, because they were creating this season still when um season of the haunted was out. I think that was the season because they created that season. This yeah. team did, and I think they took the lessons they learned from that season and the way the weapons dropped and created and how you could focus them then, and they took it and applied it to this season. Because you can tell that it's been, it's oh, a yeah. lot better and the focusing is a lot better and it feels a lot more streamlined. And like, I think every team has kind of leapfrogged over each other and it's gotten better and better with each like iteration. And we're not going to get away from the seasonal, like the way the seasons are laid out. Like yeah. it's too iterative at this point. Like Bungie is able to put out this kind of content because of the way the seasons are laid out. And I, I don't fault them for that. I know people will be like, Oh, you're just like licking the balls a bungee. Like, like a yes, because we do content for them. Obviously like this is a destiny lore podcast. Like get fucked. But at the same time, like, <laughs> like if you don't like it, you don't have to listen to it at the same time. Like this, it, it allows us like, to have predictable seasons so they can keep making a lot of content in a short amount of time. Right. Like there is a lot of content they're pumped, like they're pushing out because they're like, okay, we need to make this kind of screen with like these many buttons on it. And it needs to do this. They already have it made. Yeah. They just need to have someone do new art for it and then shovel it into where it used to be. And that's where we're like. That's where they already have all this stuff made. They just have to have like stuff to like slap over the front of like what already exists so they can just like paste it and like move on to the next one. And yeah, if it feels copy and pasted like it is. Right. 
It is copy and pasted. And so that's how you can focus on the lore and focus on the story because it is copy and pasted. But the story is good. The story is new. Right. The story is where it shines. And like the now we can move into like the end of last season. We got we got a great cut scene at the end of last season. Yeah, we did. Which kind of pulled it all together. I mean, it felt really jarring because like suddenly uh, Mithrax or Mithrax is like, oh, hey, I'm back. Um, we're just going to stick all of these um, bento box pieces into a blender. I'm just going to make tea out of it. Okay, cool. Neat. All right. Drink this. Drink Nezarax sweaty tea. <laughs> Fuck. Sweat tea. Sweat tea. Drink this Nescafe. Because <laughs> that's what everyone is calling it. And um, the minute you think you're original, everyone is doing it. And yeah. <laughs> our favorite burb husband wakes up. And that is like the greatest thing ever. And it had to happen, but you were just like, my heart felt so warm and happy and full and I was so happy and it like made my entire everything and they're so gay and I called it years ago and I'm going to remind you once again that they're husbands and they're super gay for each other yep. and who called the relationship years before everyone else did. It was me. It was me on this podcast. It was me. Uh, it was me. Yep. It was me. It was me. And like, I, I, I just want it on record. Mm -hmm. I never opposed the idea. No. In fact, I was like trying to help. You were super into it. Like I was trying to help. (laughs) Because you were trying to like pull all the information. You're like, hold on, let me find this lore because I know it exists somewhere. Right. Like when the. the, Like the prophecy dungeon. We're like, we have those. (laughs) Let me find them. (laughs) And. I sucks that they pulled them out of the game because then you could point at it and be like, it's in the prophecy dungeon. Not anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know how much that sucks? It's like the first actual evidence in game of them being f- married, essentially, right. together. And I mean, it, fucking in game. And I mean, it was gossip, but like. Yeah, I know, but it's in game. Yeah. And like. It's not in game anymore. Now it's on Ishtar-collective.net. It is. It's on Ishtar. So you can find it there. <sighs> I also have a TikTok of it. So if you want it, I can send it to you. But no, like I. <laughs> I'm so happy. I'm all for it. It was a nice cut scene. It, it got it got me all teary eyed. I cried. I was everything that I wanted it to be. Yep. I the teacup we saw in lore before when Saint Fourteen and Osiris argued. Oh my god! They broke the teacup. Yeah. And then he put it back together, and that's the teacup that he used to bring him back to life. <gasps> it was everything. Oh my god, I loved it. So I'm really happy. I'm just the happiest. So I loved it. I love the end of the season. Um I got really tired of playing Destiny after a while. Yeah. And so I I was definitely feeling burnt out. 
I maybe got to like 120 or 130 like season rank, which is not very high for me. I usually get like way higher. <laughs> I think I ended up getting up to like 213. Really? 214. Like I was one or two levels away from from that plus 20. But I just I story-wise this is the best that Destiny has ever been. It really is. This is like a golden age for story. Gameplay-wise, it it was it felt a little lacking. Gameplay it hurts a little bit. And I'm 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 pointing exactly at that gameplay loop. <laughs> it's just a little hard, you know. It's just a little difficult to get through a little bit. Uh, we'll get through it <laughs> one day at a time. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> so it's not bad. Although this season is actually looking to be pretty good. <gasps> This is a great way to go right into the season then. Um, we are in a fresh season now. Um, what is the season 19? Yes. We got um, we got the new cutscene two hours before the season started. Before that, nothing. We got like literally nothing from anybody. No leaks, really. Um which surprises me. And real quick, like, why do you think they've moved to this model of like releasing the the trailer two hours before it drops? You know, I was thinking about that. I was talking to a couple of people about that, and I think it could come down to the way the Destiny community has treated Bungie. And so they could go to like, a, oh, well, you want to treat us like this? Well, then you get nothing from us. <laughs> Fuck you guys. Um, so it could be that. It could be a, we don't want to ruin it. So we're not going to say anything because if we tell you literally anything, then like you'll figure it out and it'll ruin the entire season. Because, like, our story is so fucking basic that you'll figure the entire season out if we tell you anything. It could be that as well. And, like, that's not a knock on them or, like, their storytelling no. or anything like that. It's just that, like, there's only so many things you could clear up at the end of the season that all of us were pretty much guessing that, like, yes, it's going to be a Rasputin season. Yes, like, from the TWAB they were talking about like Sarah frowns being buffed and so from there you could guess like oh okay if there's Sarah frowns coming back then it's probably like seven Seraph weapons which um or a couple of them are going to be in the dungeon as drops on Friday it's not a spoiler because this is coming out after Friday for you it's a spoiler I'm sorry um, seven Seraph weapons are going to be in the dungeon on Friday. Um, and what other weapons could there possibly be? Like, Ikelos weapons are the only other weapons that are really associated with um, Rasputin. So those are probably coming back. They only bring back weapons that have to do with a narrative story mm -hmm. like that. Um, I was hoping that they were going to bring back Forge weapons, but... 
they would only bring those back if they were bringing back forges and they're not going to do that because my luck is not that good so <laughs> as i say that sadly i'll cry myself to sleep at night it's fine it's fine it's fine it's fine it's fine it's fine but yeah so you can infer all that stuff from things that they've said and from listening to their interviews on other podcasts and stuff especially their interviews on like destiny massive breakdowns yeah and things like that so when you have developers on that go on podcasts and talk and people ask certain questions like you can discern like what future seasons will be like especially from certain questions but um, they've been really tight-lipped about seasons which has been i mean it's been kind of nice not to be spoiled but at the same time like i think because at, at the same time it doesn't build that hype for it um because like which is good and bad on, on one hand they they really do hype up right like I, i'm looking at it as they hype up the expansions like whenever i've talked to anybody who plays destiny in like the last couple months it, it's always been like have you done anything in game no no yeah but i'm coming back for lightfall so like they they hype up the expansions because the trailer looks awesome you know the the new stuff looks fun to use or fun to play on but they don't hype up the seasons and i think that that it's perfectly fine right i've i i agree with you on the fact of like how the destiny community has treated bungie probably has something to do with it whether it's a major major point or not is irrelevant Mm -hmm. it has some some kind of pull in that decision some bearing right but for the most part like this is the position that the community has put us in it's um i don't know if for me if it, it's really about the hype but I know that because we've not been getting anything from people that the data mining has been really bad. Yes. And so people will get anything. And I've seen on Twitter, especially now that the season has dropped, that people have already data mined the final cut scene, the mid season cut scene. Um, they data mined all the weapons and the armor that's going to be in the dungeon on Friday, that all of the stuff has already been data mined. And I'm like, this is why we can't have nice things because I'm not saying it's Bungie's fault because they didn't give us anything, but like getting so little and people are so shitty in general that they just can't wait. And they feel like they need to have that engagement that they immediately will data mine and it kind of ruins stuff, you know? Yeah, they've they don't they don't even market like destiny spoilers, like hashtag destiny spoilers. They just will drop it out there in the open. It's really depressing. <sighs> but anyway, what um what are your first thoughts on the heist battlegrounds now that we've been through them? They're fun. Um, it's it's cool to see battlegrounds in a non cabal 
since. Yes, finally. Oh my god. <sighs> Although, like we we've seen battlegrounds before, in a hive sense in uh, season of the risen, but my mind has has kind of like separated that out for some reason, and I don't know why. I don't. I don't remember that at all. The psyops battlegrounds. Oh, where we the one with the mind train. Yes, the train of thought. Yes, <laughs> lol. <laughs> Yeah, those were battlegrounds. Those were battlegrounds? I d- didn't even realize. <laughs> exactly. I didn't even realize. That's... It didn't even occur to me because they're not in like the Vanguard playlist. Right. So it didn't occur to me that those were technically battlegrounds. Well, and I, I think part of that is the fact that it's still a season from this current Destiny year. So, like, they're keeping it in its own separate thing, and once the year's over, they will integrate those into the Strike playlist, or what was the Strike playlist. I legitimately have not touched those since that season. I ran a few over the last, like, day or so, uh, just because I, I was looking at my triumphs, and I was like, oh, I'm seven away from this one. Oh. From getting the the Coalition shell. Oh, yeah, the cute one with the feathers. Yeah. I should get that shell. It's really cute. You only need to open 50 chests at the end of of the psyops. Oh, that's not that many. No. That's not that many. Uh it does it's way less than having to do the 150 whatever it is. <laughs> the, like haunted whatever. It was oh, 50. It but feels it like 150. So... And, and- and I don't know why that is because the the containment actually takes a little less time than doing a psyops battleground. Then why does it feel like it takes so long? I don't know. I don't know. Oh my god! It feels like it takes forever. <laughs> I hate it. Hey guys, editing Rendell here. I've actually got something of a theory about this phenomenon, if you'll indulge me. While progressing through a strike, a dungeon, a raid, or battlegrounds, there's a very distinct sense of progression. You go into different spaces to accomplish different objectives, and it's very rare that backtracking is involved when you as the player are given a set of objectives to accomplish. That means that it's very easy to sense that progress is being made without there being any additional information given to you. And especially if you're having a good time with it, it means that these sections can fly by easily. The big issue with the Nightmare Hunts back in Season of the Haunted was the fact that we were given the Leviathan as a sandbox. I mean, yeah, you got to run around and do different things all over the ship, But the bulk of the time you're spending in this public event that you're expected to do over and over again in a single arena. There's no part of it where you leave this arena to go and do something and then come back. You know, you kill a bunch of little enemies, you kill a big enemy, that completes a section, then you kill a bunch of little enemies, then you kill another big enemy. And that's just to spawn the big nightmare that you want to take out. And guess what you got to do while you're getting the big boss taken down? Yeah, kill a lot of little enemies. And often in the same places around the map. 
I mean, sure, there are audio cues and other ways to tell how far along you are. But given that you're in the same space the entire time and you are doing roughly the same thing over and over again, it becomes very difficult to internalize how far along that you are with a given objective, unless you happen to see a progress bar or hear a specific voice line. And very often, from my experience at least, when you do check, you're way further back than you think you are. It doesn't help, too, that there's not really much going on in terms of radio chatter as you're going through the nightmare haunts. Sure, you get little voice lines of characters telling you where to go or what you're doing, but there's nothing really going on with story. With Battlegrounds, especially with Season of the Chosen, there was all kinds of story dialogue that was going on as you were going through the mission. Compare that to Nightmare Haunts, where you just got, you know, maybe five or six lines at the end of a 15-minute engagement of the same drudgery over and over again. And oftentimes, those voice lines would repeat. <sighs> now, don't get me wrong. The kind of linear content that I'm talking about, you know, strikes or battlegrounds or dungeons even, can get boring or drag on when you do them enough times. But with the hunts, the fact that we were doing the same activity over and over again within the same area repeatedly for just a little bit of progress just made that set in much, much more quickly and made it feel, if I'm being honest, oppressively grindy. Anyhow, Game design rant from a not-actual game designer out of the way. Back to the show. But all of this this tangent aside, um, the Heist Battlegrounds are, are fun. I'm having fun with them. It's cool to see the different enemy factions all working together. Right. Because, like, you've got Elixney fighting alongside Scorn, fighting alongside Hive. Mm-hmm. And it's weird at first. Right. But I'm kind of digging it and I I it it's weird. What it what are your thoughts? I really like it. So I like how it takes you like through the submind mm-hmm. and it feels very destiny. When I think of destiny, I think of Mars, I think of War Minds, I think of Destiny 1. Do you remember in like Rise of Iron when you go through the War Mind? Mm-hmm. And it felt so cool. Right. You're running down that hallway and it's so big around you and it's dark and it's just creepy as fuck. And you're just like, holy shit, it's huge. And it's like, it felt really epic. Kind of. Right. And the music is really good. And it just like it was emotional because it was a good story. And like the door closes and people are dying in these cutscenes. And like you care all of a sudden. And I felt like Rise of Iron was like the first time that I really cared about Destiny, like as a story. Like really cared, I think. Um and I could, I could definitely see that. 
And so that was like my first like real connection to destiny was rise of iron. And that's kind of like my emotional, like kind of like my mental emotional tie to destiny is like visually are like war minds and like those war mind hallways. And like that geometry is like really like emotionally pulls me to this game because it's very unique. There's really nothing else like a war mind in any other game. Right. And when you see like that, that look of like the Warmind logo and like running through Warmind and like seeing those lasers and those like those Warmind towers, you see them rise up like over the hills and you're like, oh shit, like it's just gonna go down. And then you're like dodging Warmind lasers. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> And I'm like, ah! And so I'm just like splitter selling my way across. Oh my God. And I'm screaming. Right. Apparently, here's a hint all the bushes are safe. If you're in a bush, you're safe. You're in safe territory. I'm just letting you know. Bushes are safe. It's like Assassin's Creed. If you're in a bush, you're safe. Found that out. I'm still going to splinter sell it. Oh, yeah. No, Splinter sell it. But if you're in a bush, you're safe. It's like Assassin's Creed. Just letting you know. (laughs) (laughs) They can't see you if you're in a bush. (laughs) Discovered that. (laughs) I I wonder if that was an intentional thing because of their partnership with Ubisoft. I'm wondering. I'm wondering if they did that on purpose. But I felt very Assassin's Creed for a second when I'm like, oh, I'm in a bush and I'm safe. This makes no sense. (laughs) But okay. Right. Like I'm wondering if that was intentional because Ubisoft and Bungie partnered up. Yes. It could have been. If I was like in the little outfit and then also in a bush, it would have been very (laughs) funny. But I don't want to spend twenty dollars on an outfit in Destiny. Get fucked. (laughs) I'm not doing that. No, I even have limits on how much I will spend on an outfit. I found it. I didn't think I'd find it. I found it. I found it. I love Assassin's Creed and like the Warlock outfit is really cool, but Oh, the Warlock outfit is so good. I want Altair's outfit, but not for $20. I don't. Like 2000 silver. I'm sorry. I'm not spending that. Nope. Nope. Not doing it. But like the hidden blade finisher, so cool. But I really, really, really like Warmind's and like the submind and everything about it and like running through it. I like the difficulty of it. The champions plus the five points of power over your level when you're in the playlist um, is nice and it feels a little more difficult. Um, like just that like little hair of difficulty that you would need or you just blow right through it. I agree. Um, I think there are like some things they could change, like not being able to use your sparrow in the beginning. Dumb. Like let us summon our sparrow in the beginning, please. I don't know why we can't like running at the beginning is an artificial slowness. I feel like I need to get my sword out. So I can like sword skate my way through the beginning because <laughs> it's just so much wasted space of like walking. And there's no need for that. The other part 
is like that hallway of lasers that you have to walk through. And I know it's to let people catch up probably. And it's so you don't like just blow through it and like leave people behind. And I mean, I don't except that 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 still happens though. Like you can still like run through there. There is an easy path that you can see that they've left through the lasers. Yeah. Like that there's like an S path through the lasers. You can see I like those vertical ones, like toward like between the second and third part. Right. Yeah. Before you go through the little like crouchy hallway part. Yeah. I mean, like there's, you can go through there without, I don't know. You can go through there with, like while still going pretty fast like you don't have to walk but i think they did that to slow people down on purpose and i'm i don't see the reason why except to like make people walk so other people can slow down but the 5 the plus 5 difficulty over your light level makes me wonder we're going to come back to it what's the point of light level yeah like I've I've been saying it for a while. Yeah. Like I I just I've gotten so over the power level grind that it's just it, like it, it's it's no fun having to regrind in order to get ready for higher level difficulty stuff. Nope. When you were doing it the week before. I was already at GM levels like two days ago and now I'm back at the beginning and I can't do master. I can barely do legendary levels or heroic levels now when I could do GMs two days ago. Yep. And I don't like that. Like I like the difficulty of a GM I don't want to have to grind for it again. It it just it gets exhausting. Like I have a job and I I work like 50 hours a week. Right. I'm tired. Right. Like, <laughs> like I did that grind three seasons in a row and I just I couldn't anymore. Yeah. I got it, man. I got it. I don't know. I just like grinding for mats and not necessarily like adept weapons because I've gotten some really good rolls on normal weapons without the adept on them. And I know adepts are really good if you want to use like the adept mods and like the adept mods are really good. But at the same time, it's like I've gotten really good normal weapons like I really have. So it just depends on like what you want to do and what you want to do with your friends and who's available and what your time availability is and what you want to get out of the game. And I think I'm pretty happy with what I'm getting out of it without grinding. Yeah. But man, I am so tired. <laughs> so um, I'm still, I'm going to go for the stuff that I want to go for. Uh, we'll see. We'll see in a, in a couple months how I'm still feeling about this, but the, I'm, the lore is good. Um, still wondering why Aramis is alive. <laughs> Can we talk about that for a second? Right. <laughs> Can we talk about the lore behind Aramis being alive? 
and why we didn't space her immediately when she died got frozen the only thing i can think of is we just couldn't pick her up we have a spaceship (laughs) what do you mean we couldn't pick her up tie a rope around her and throw her in the sun (laughs) what do you mean i have a ship what yeah but there's no landing zone no landing i can hover landing zone what landing zone the fact is like what do you mean landing zone who are you but the fact is like when we when she froze over and didn't outright just like die or anything Uh uh-huh my friends and i after the actual campaign of beyond light so like right as beyond light came out and we finished the campaign we were like oh Mm -hmm. she's coming back oh yeah like oh yeah because she was placeholder yep she was a placeholder she's the thing you forget on the counter that you left there for you know a week and then you're gonna go back to it and be like oh yeah oops i'm gonna eat it anyway but i left it there it's fine i'm sure it tastes fine warm shelf diet coke i mean that's the that's what i told you about earlier but i wasn't going to use that here but thanks for outing me like that uh i didn't out you i just repeated it you outed yourself god damn it (laughs) (laughs) i have been out outed but the fact is like with them bringing her back last season it was kind of like oh hey remember aramis but we actually have one lore entry this season that actually makes me glad that they brought her back. It does. And it's been, it's interesting that she's working with the scorn. Um, And I'm wondering on the side, if she's been taken over by the witness um, or if she's a full disciple of the witness. No, and I, I don't think so. Um, Just because she, of that lore entry specifically. I mean, do we want to read the lore entry? Do we want to talk about it? Uh, sure. Would you like to read it or do you want me to read it? Uh, you go ahead and read it. Okay. Um, this is the path of least resistance. It is a trice rifle it is one of the new ones. And can I say all of the new weapons this season are really sexy? Oh yeah. Like I really like them. I'm really for them. They're so good looking. Uh, they have the little laser sight on them. I really like it. Like, I'm very into it. I have not used this gun. I have this gun, though. Um, so this is Path of Least Resistance. The flavor text reads, No charge greater. Aramis always looks scorn in their eyes. She does it to assert dominance. She once heard one of her subordinates say, Rather than correct them, she let the rumor take root and grow wild and fierce. There is no one left that she trusts enough to share the truth. Aramis always looks scorn in their eyes because she's desperate to see some faint flicker of the elixir they were before. The first time the witness presents her with Firas, with whom Aramis fought alongside in life, 
She wills her expression into something that resembles human steel. A gift, claims the witness. But Aramis cannot find her voice, not even to feign gratitude. She reaches up, grazes claws against the side of the Elixney's face, and searches for any sign of her friend. Yet all she sees in Ferris's eyes is her own reflection, glassy and alien. Aramis wants to scream. Part of her is grateful when Ferris sinks teeth into the flesh of her forearm, giving her an excuse. One that doesn't make her appear weak. That entry. Like, it, it makes me feel like Aramis was pulled into the Witness's army against her will. She, it makes me feel like she's trapped. Yes. Or she's in over her head a little bit. And I'm, I'm wondering if she allowed that because the witness pulled a bunch of Elixney into his army. Like, she's not there for herself. She's there to get the Elixney out. She was told by Ido not to stay in the darkness and to, like, come into the light last season. And so I'm wondering if she is kind of doing that in her own way. Yeah. I would say so. Like, at this point, it it feels like she's starting to to walk that path. Even yeah. if it's just, like, her moral compass is walking that path. Mm-hmm. Or pointing towards that direction, you know? Right. It's a lot more than what we've gotten with some other villains. So, like I said, I'm, I'm glad that they brought Aramis back because of, of this lore entry yeah like this lore entry made me all right with it yeah it's interesting she's an interesting character she's not my favorite uh she's very she just kind of exists to me she's very mid yeah she's very mid this is like such a diss <laughs> like, like that's like that's like the worst thing you could possibly say about somebody in Destiny. Like she's not a good character or a bad character. It's just she's no. there. Yeah, it really is. It's just like well. Now, what I would love to see for this character, for Aramis, mm-hmm. is. After we deal with Callus, mm-hmm. because I feel like he's going to be the next threat that we take down. Aramis ends up helping us in an actual fight against the witness. That'd be cool. Right. That'd be super cool. Like, I could see that happening as like, but like, I might be looking too far into it, this entry. You think so? And and seeing like, okay, she's starting to feel this way. Let's progress that a year. Okay. So like I'm I'm probably reading way too much into it. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's just, I think it would be cool. I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Obviously. Maybe we won't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, is there any last things that people might want to read for themselves to um, catch up on some lore? I would definitely recommend uh, The Dark Future. Dark Future is a really good lore book. Um, Now, to just as a reminder, The Dark Future is not what's happening here. It just might have some parallels. Right. Just keep that in mind when you read it. <laughs> right. Because in, in the dark future, Savathun, like the original Savathun, not risen Savathun, um, mm-hmm. was still alive. Yes. Kaido was a force against us. So, like, there's all kinds of different issues that we have resolved. Like, right. our guardian has resolved mm-hmm. um, that are presented in the dark future. So, like, this is an alternate timeline. Keep that in mind. Yeah. I would probably say if you can find the lore book um, or the web lore that has Osiris going back, Osiris had a lot of things that had to do with stuff falling in place for, like, he's the one that went found the seed for the Tree of Silver Wings um, which led to um, the like Anna putting um, Rasputin into the engram eventually, and which led to like the like all sorts of stuff happening without him kind of like breaking time and all of this stuff. Like the tree of silver wings is what gave us the future that gave us like the arrival. Yep. And like all the prophecies and stuff that happened. Like that's pretty important. Like that entire lore book in that season with Aramis or with uh, Aris Morn and all of that. So I think that lore book is pretty important. I don't remember what the name of it was though. Do you? Uh, I just know that off the top of my head. I don't remember the name of the lore book. I'll pull it up. Although I do know the web lore was what gives me pause. Oh. And that was Osiris receiving the seed. Oh. I see. Um, as far as the lore book from Season of Arrivals, there is the singular exeget. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which has Eris's symbol on it. And then there is Duress and Egress, which I believe was revolving around the vendors on the locations that were going away. That's true. That's true. That has that really great one um, from IO. Do you remember? <laughs> Where Asher just kind of wakes up. Makes his coffee, makes a rail gun, shoots it off, and yeah. then sees what and happens. Shoots the pyramid ship to see what happens. I love that lore book. <laughs> that lore book is amazing. Like that's great. And then um yeah. yeah, that's just that's so Asher. Of course, Asher is gonna make a rail gun while baking his coffee and then shoot the pyramid ship to see what happens. 
It's a hundred percent Asher Mir. Asher Mir <laughs> gives zero fucks about anybody. He's just gonna do some science. I'm I miss Asher so much. Like Asher was ugh, he was such a bro. I love him. Man, we need more Asher Mir. He needs to come back. We need to bring him back to life. Where's Asher Mir when you need him? He was such a good science bro. He was, man. Asher Mir. Jeez. If you weren't around for Asher Mir, like the world is less for not having him. Jeez. <laughs> Well, anyway, that's pretty much like our episode. We gave you a little bit of lore. We gave you a lot of opinion. I'm so sorry. I'm not actually. <laughs> I'm not either. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> These are always like such weird episodes because we're in, we are technically like kind of in between seasons. So like we always have right. to figure out what we're doing and it's been a while since we've been on vacation so but we're back sort of it's like it's the holidays well you know the holidays are weird well, and, so. and 2022 has been kind of weird for both of us yeah all of us between moves and holidays and yeah everything else so um we're gonna try to finish the vow the disciple raid armor for all of you guys so that's going to be our next task to bring to you so you can look forward to that that's next on our list of things to do and we're hoping to get that out before christmas the end of the year yeah yeah we want to get a couple of things done before the end of the year so that's our goal at least um do you have any shout outs we haven't done shout outs in a while god I just threw that at you. I didn't tell you we were going to do shout outs and now we're doing shout outs. Shout out to my girlfriend and my brother. Oh, the three of us have been playing Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Mm -hmm. and like last season, I was checked out for a while. So like I've I was playing Pokemon and. Scarlet and Violet came out and I just dove headfirst into that and I've been keeping up with my brother and my girlfriend and like helping them with with different breeding Pokemon and trades and stuff and so it's mm -hmm. just it's been fun. It's the first Pokemon game that is actually like truly co-op. Yeah. Where like you both can run around in each other's game. Really? Yeah. Like, I can be battling a, a wild Pokemon, and you could be running circles around the Pokemon on your game, and I will see it. Wow. Like, in battle. Jeez. <laughs> it's, it's fun. Um, right now, I'm, I'm working on finishing up a living dex for uh, the new Pokemon, and then I'm also working on shinies. Oh. I just bred a shiny mimic you today. Really? My favorite Pokemon of all. Oh. Um, so yeah. Shout out to my brother and girlfriend. I got so distracted there. That's so nice. <laughs> um, um what about you? So uh, shout out to um our friends over at Destiny Massive Breakdowns, they have new hosts. Oh. So um, so Kit got a job at Bungie. Congratulations. Congrats. 
Yeah. So he can no longer do his podcast anymore. <laughs> Because that's the deal. You work at Bungie, you can no longer do content creation for Bungie. That's the rule. Um, so they got two new hosts, Bill Physics and uh, Lego, uh, are now the hosts of um, NASA Breakdowns. So congratulations, guys. That's awesome. That's amazing. Um, they are two really nice people and really, really good at PvP stuff. They know their, They know everything about weapons and how they work and um they're two um not garbage people like tony is a nice person and um he's um I, i'm sure you've seen like ill physics on yeah twitter if you've seen him but tony is like one of the nicest people you'll ever talk to uh lego is also one of the nicest people you'll ever talk to and like the podcast is in super, super good hands. And so I hope if you guys have not listened to it, that you go listen to it because it is uh, two really nice people are now like heading it. And I hope you guys give it a chance. So that's awesome to hear. Uh, go give it a listen or um, they're at destiny MVP on Twitter. You can go find them there. But um Good friends, uh, good podcast, good people over there. So awesome. I'm gonna I'm gonna go do that. But I mean, still, if you want to like really good Star Wars podcast, <laughs> Beneath Twin Sons is still like the two original people. So <laughs> yay. <laughs> so if you want to listen to like Merck and Kit talk about Star Wars for hours. That's a great podcast. They're talking about Andor right now. Holy shit. Andor. I could talk about Andor for hours. You want an Andor podcast? I could just talk about Andor. <laughs> Andor was so good. And I hate that I am saying that because it was so boring in the beginning. And then it got so good. I, I need to see God it. damn it. You haven't watched it yet. God, no. Elemis. You need to watch Andor and then come back to me and talk to me about it because I need to talk to somebody about it, please. If you have watched Andor, send me a DM on Discord, please, or on Twitter. I need to talk about it with people. I'm dying. Please send me a DM. I need to talk to you. I need to talk about Andor. I have taken to, you know, those like really annoying 50 person like tweets that send like the junk tweets that you get in your DMs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've just been like tweeting back at the entire group. Has anyone watched Andor? <laughs> <laughs> because I just like want to talk about it. Which is... um really sad now that I say it out loud but you know I like Star Wars I found that out so yeah hey guys my name is Orchid and I have a Star Wars problem or I just really like Star Wars okay I'm gonna it's do the end of not, this podcast it's not so much a problem like isn't it, it is it in interfering with any of your life I watch it at work <laughs> while I'm working. Yeah, but like you're not putting your 
body in, at harm or anything and and you're still I getting mean, your work done right i'm not burning anything down anymore so you were before watching andor i mean <laughs> only sometimes so i think andor has been helping you not hurting andor yes <laughs> Yes, Andor is a net positive. <laughs> Even if it's a yes. plus one, that's it. Andor is a plus one. Andor is my plus one. <laughs> oh, God. I'm going to do this. Okay, special thanks. Um, the audio for this episode was produced by Rendell Zevas. You can find him on Twitter at Rendell Zevas. The artwork for this episode is courtesy of, I don't know, we'll find something, probably Bungie. <laughs> the music of this episode is also copyrighted Bungie. Um, we're able to use it under their fair use policy because they love their content creators. If you'd like to dive into Destiny lore on your own, visit ishtar-collective.net. Um, they are the resource we use to make our show notes, except for today, because a lot of the stuff is not online yet, because it's the first day of the season. So, hey, I'm in the game right now, because that's where it is. Um, you can, here are some reminders. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at guardians underscore lore. You can find me at hey it's orchid or elemist at i underscore am underscore elemist. You can find us on Instagram um, at guardians of lore or guardians so flore is what we used to say. Um, you can send us a guardians so flore. Hey, you thought I forgot about that. <laughs> nope. You can send us an email at guardians underscore lore at outlook.com. You can leave us a review wherever you can leave reviews. I don't know where that is. Uh, you can join our Discord, discord.gg slash lorehub. That's way easier than saying there's a link to the, to the invite in the description for this episode, which there is. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can visit us on ko-fi.com slash guardians underscore lore and every little bit helps. And especially thank you to our monthly donors, which is Valoragna and uh, Guardian with no name. Thank you. Yeah, we, appreciate we appreciate you the most. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's about it. Elma, say goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. Otters. Are wet. God damn. You know what they are? Otters are totally wet. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, Guardians. Welcome to Guardians of Lore. This is episode 159, recorded, oh fuck, what's the date? December 7th, 2022. <laughs> I don't even know what we're doing! We're recording. Quick, save us! <laughs> save us! Rasputin, save us. Uh, the, topic for the, the topic for the episode is we're just going to talk about stuff. This is what we're going to do. We're going to talk about stuff. We can't, this can't be the way we do the episode. We, I don't even have a title. We didn't even think this through. We just showed up and started recording. We definitely haven't been talking for an hour and a half. <laughs>
Definitely not. Definitely not. Help. <laughs> Title. Uh, season of Plunder in review. Oh, whoa. Okay. I have to do this over. <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna start over. <laughs> it's season of the serif. I thought that's in first thighs, not in first thoughts. <laughs> first I mean, thighs. first thighs save lives. First thighs. That doesn't even make sense. What is wrong with me? Okay, I'm going to start over. I'm so sorry. I can do this. Recorded December 7th, not November 7th. That was the last episode. This is this episode. Fuck me. Okay, hold on. <clears throat> yeah. Do you want to just stop and restart the recording? Nope. We're just going to keep going. Fuck. Okay. I got this. Yep. I'm entertained. <laughs> no, you don't. No, you don't. Okay.